listening to Talking Law, the podcast where business owners just like you discover how to avoid legal landmines and build value using smart legal tips. Join your host, Joanna Oki, as she cuts through the legal jargon and gives you clear and simple actionable legal strategies, which will get you optimal business results. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to Talking Law, a podcast brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we are back to the topic of trademarks and brand protection because it's such a popular topic with our audience. So today we are specifically talking about how to stop competitors from using and abusing your brand. And in order to talk about this topic, we have, of course, brought back our resident trademark expert, Grace Yee, to give us the specialist perspective on this topic. Hi, Grace. Welcome back. Hi, Joanna. Thanks for having me again. Thank you for coming along. Okay, Grace, let's start from the very beginning. Why are we talking about this topic? Yeah, so trademark infringement is a really important area to talk about, and we'll talk about it a lot, I think, on this podcast over other episodes. But it's a really important area because you've spent all your time and energy in building up the reputation in your brand, and you don't want to have a situation where someone else is copying your brand and potentially causing confusion in the marketplace. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's really critical because whilst we, we do a lot of work here at Aspect Legal in brand protection, we also do a lot of work in enforcement actions. And we see how much of an issue it can cause a business where competitors are using or misusing their brands, whether or not that's their business name, company name, or or brand names of, you know, certain product lines or, or whatever that they have. And we also see the risks for businesses in not acting to take steps to stop this activity soon enough. Yeah, that's right. So, it might not be commonly understood that No one else is going to sit there and enforce your trademark rights. It's actually something that a business owner have to be quite proactive about. It's not something that ASIC necessarily are going to prevent and it's not something that IP Australia are going to necessarily always be able to prevent either. They are gateways to a certain extent, but at the end of the day, it's up to the individual business to be on top of other competitors in the marketplace that might be infringing on your trademark rights. Absolutely, absolutely. And when we're talking about ASIC here, I guess we should spell out that what we're talking about is the ability of businesses to register a business name or a company name that includes your business's trademark because the reality is that even though you have a business name or a company name protection, that may not, and and in most instances, isn't it enough to stop other people from registering variations of that as a business or company name? And of course, if you have a brand name, once again, there's nothing to stop people from registering that brand name as a business name or company name, other than the trademark rights that you hold in relation to it and the action that you take to enforce those rights. So maybe let's take a step back. How about we start off then by talking very briefly about what a trademark is. Now, if you follow these podcasts quite closely, you'll probably 
have heard Grace and I talk about what a trademark is in the past. So we'll just give a really quick synopsis, but I think it's important to understand what a trademark is in order for us to understand what trademark infringement looks like. So very quickly, Grace, what's a trademark? A trademark is a symbol or a sign, and it can quite often be a word, but it can also be a logo, an image, a sound, a smell, a colour, an aspect of packaging. So lots of different things can function as a trademark, but essentially they distinguish your goods and services from those of everybody else in the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. And so here in relation to aspect legal, we have the words themselves, aspect legal, are a word mark or so a type of trademark relating to the words, but we use a hexagon as part of our branding. So the hexagon is our logo component of our trademark. So if, as you're listening to this podcast, perhaps you might want to think about the elements of trademarks in your organisation, which might be the logos, the words, a combination of the two, or even taglines. You know, taglines sometimes can function as a trademark in certain circumstances. So these are trademarks. So what we're talking about here is trademark infringement. So what is trademark infringement? Trademark infringement is where a competitor in the marketplace is using your trademark, so your logo, your wording, your tagline, or combinations thereof in the marketplace in relation to the same sorts of goods and services that you provide. Maybe let's talk then about what we have seen that people often do wrong in this area when they're dealing with the area of infringement. Yeah, that, that's a really important thing to talk about. So we've quite often seen clients who have tweaked onto the fact that there's somebody out there who is potentially copying their trademark or using something that's a bit confusingly similar. You know, they might be in a situation where a client has actually seen them or they've seen something on the internet. And the first wrong thing that we see quite often is that they actually just do nothing about it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Or come to us years later, you know, and say, look, these guys have been around in the market for a long time, but we've just now realised that potentially it's an issue. And it's a problem. Why is it a problem? Yeah, there's a problem there because there is case law that shows that when it's known to the court that a party has known about an infringer um, for quite a number of years and they've actually not done anything about it, the court's counted it against them when it comes to pursuing them for infringement later on. Yeah, so effectively, if you're aware of a party misusing your brand out in the marketplace and you don't take action to enforce it, you may lose your rights to take that action to enforce it if you're leaving it for too long. So I guess that's the first issue. And we call that in some sense acquiescence. So you've effectively been aware of the infringement, not picked up on the infringement and allowed the other party to keep trading. So therefore, you know, the courts sometimes take the view that it would be unfair to, in the future, give you the right to now take action if you've sat there quietly allowing someone to continue to act in a certain way. So we've got an issue here if people do nothing because they might create the environment where they then in the future don't have the right to take any action if they decide in the future that actually it is problematic, more problematic than they originally thought. But I guess there's some other issues of doing nothing and just allowing the infringement to occur. So another issue that we see is when a party has allowed 
lots of other traders to get on, actually onto the trademark register and register for themselves trademarks that contain elements of their brand. And that's a huge problem because it causes a dilution of the trademark rights that a client has in their brand. Yeah. So this is part of the whole do nothing element, right? You notice that someone is using, misusing your brand or one of your brands, you decide to do nothing. And now this other party starts registering trademarks that relate to it. And you've now lost monopoly rights. A court may not enforce any rights for you. And we're still, they've now got a protection in the marketplace that they might decide to go and enforce against others, but at the same time diluting the value to you of holding that ownership. What other issues, Grace, do you regularly see when we deal with clients in this space who have identified issues out in the marketplace with people misusing their brand? Yeah, so an issue that we sometimes see is that clients have taken the step of approaching the infringer directly themselves first before coming to us. And I mean, this issue of infringement is it's quite a complex area. So it's, it's not an area where we can recommend a do-it-yourself approach at all. There are multifold issues with this approach. And, and one of them that we see is that they haven't really got an understanding of what trademark infringement involves. So there are risks there that they might actually be the infringer themselves. <laughs> yeah, but we've certainly seen issues in the past with businesses who have thought that another party is infringing their mark and them taking steps to contact them and then find out actually you know what they're in risk of infringement action themselves so you've got to be very careful if you're taking any steps to make contact with an infringer yourself to ensure you understand what you're doing and you'll understand whether or not there's any risk that you might be the party that would be considered to be infringing not the other party and and I think there's further elements here you know it's not just about well who is the real infringer of course that's a very important question. But it's not just about that. Even if you know that you are the absolute and original holder of those rights, sometimes I find when people make advances or commence discussions themselves, they make admissions, they make concessions, they hand away their rights unwittingly because they don't realise what they're doing in discussions with another party. And it can be really hard for us when you know we're brought in after the fact and we suddenly see this uh, discussion that has been had between our now client and the other party and and we see that we've basically waived many of our rights, which has tied our hands quite often as lawyers. So that's a real problem if people are taking action without completely understanding what they're doing. I guess the other thing, Grace, that I think we see is that the whole timing of making contact with an infringer is really critical because organisations have to be very careful about putting another party on notice, so an infringer on notice, before they've gotten their house in order. What's some of the issues that you've seen around this point, Grace? What actually might happen is that it's been a long time since an organisation has gotten their trademarks registered. So uh, that's a good thing in that you've got you know, some very early priority dates perhaps with your trademark registrations. But if you've not turned your mind to it, it could be the case that the actual trademarks that you're using now don't line up with what you've got registered. Or the the types of services or goods that you're providing now might be beyond the scope of what you had originally registered. So it's really important to do a trademark 
audit, should we say, before approaching anybody in terms of trademark infringement. Yeah, absolutely. Because quite often what we see is when we have a look at the trademark registrations, and this is assuming that there is a trademark registration on file, the reality is if you don't have a trademark registration behind you before you start making these advances, you're opening the door to a lot of risk of that other party, the infringer, getting in on the trademarks register first. So that's the first thing. We need to make sure that there's a trademark registration. But number two, as Grace is saying, we need to make sure that the trademark registration is sufficient because many times we've seen, you know, either old trademarks that aren't reflective of the use in the marketplace of that brand now, today, and or trademark registrations that have been done either by the business themselves or by advisors who who aren't highly specialised in the area that have left gaps in the protection. Just as a recap, the sorts of issues that we see in this area are that either, number one, people do nothing, number two, that they take action themselves and then create the environment in which they are limiting their rights to take action in the future. They make concessions that they don't need to, or they put the party, the other party, the infringer, on notice when it's too early, when they haven't got their own protection in line. Okay, so maybe we just round out this episode, Grace, with a quick snapshot of what organisations should do if they become aware that another organisation is using a mark similar to theirs. Mm. Firstly, don't ignore it. Yeah. Don't just assume that if you ignore it, it will go away. It won't. You do have to be proactive and take steps straight away. So don't ignore it. That's the first step. (laughs) And I think like we've talked about a lot of steps here in relation to where people can go wrong. I wouldn't want people to think that it's a complicated process to pursue infringers. It's actually quite simple. It's just that there's a lot of things you can do wrong if you don't know what the process is. That's right. So it's simple, but just don't ignore it. (laughs) (laughs) So don't ignore it. Obviously, seek advice from professionals who are used to dealing with this because there's no point going to someone that doesn't deal with this on a daily basis because otherwise you risk taking the wrong action. Take action quickly. I think that's the other thing to be aware of. But also, Snap evidence, gather evidence while you can. So if you see use on a website of a competitor or use in some other way, just make sure you're taking a screenshot or some other way of capturing the evidence of what you're seeing so that, you know, you can bring it to us or your other favourite lawyer for us to have enough information and evidence to be able to work with. That's useful. That's really useful. Yep. Make sure you gather the evidence. Good. All right. Look, if you're interested in this topic and would like to know more about trademarks, then head back to our previous episodes in Talking Law. We've talked quite a bit about trademarks and different nuances in relation to different areas of trademarks. So there's a lot there if you're interested in listening into all of those. But if you'd like advice in relation to a particular trademark issue you're facing at the moment, then don't hesitate to get in touch. Just head over to our website at www.aspect.com legal.com.au or via show notes here for Talking Law. And you'll find there a way that you can book a free consultation for 15 minutes with one of our legal eagles at Aspect Legal, where we can have a quick chat to you about your trademark matter and help you to understand whether or not there's ways that we can assist. 
Thanks again for joining us, Grace. I think hopefully it's been very useful to our listeners. Yes, I hope so too. (laughs) Okay, great. And to you, the listener, if you enjoyed what you heard today, please pop over to iTunes or your favourite podcast player and hit subscribe if you haven't already subscribed. And if you have already subscribed, then why don't you consider leaving us a review? Thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Talking Law, brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. Thanks for listening to Talking Law. Tune in next time for more smart legal tips and tricks to keep you clear of those legal landmines. If you want to get a download of today's show notes, head over to talkinglaw.com.au. Information in this podcast is general in nature, not legal advice. If you want advice for your business, visit talkinglaw.com.au.